Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I am Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. And we are not alone today. We are joined by Randy Poindexter, men's life coach. Hi, Randy. Welcome to Inner Bloom. Oh, hello. Thank you. So (laughs) don't want to fool you. I'm really excited to be here. The background of a bedroom. So don't mind me. (laughs) All good. My background is a curtain hiding my husband's tools. So we're fine. (laughs) I have a fancy background. So take that. Yes, you do. do. It It matches your hair, Ambie. It does, but people are telling me that the background looks pink. It's purple. No, it's purple record. to me. I think it is. I'm one of those crazy purple Definitely people. purple. Cool. We're all on the same okay. page. Um, <laughs> Randy, um, we're so happy to have you here. And since it is your first time on the show, we love to hear from new guests, just their stories, their backgrounds, how they got to be doing what they're doing now. So we'd love if you could share a little bit about your background and story. Yeah, of course. Not a problem. Um the way I like to start it off is the perfect storm happened in 2020. So if it's anything like the movie, to the outside, it was it was beautiful. Like these three storms came together. It was once in a lifetime. But to the people that went through it and, and were in it, it was a shit show. So that pretty much sums up 2020 for me as I went a demotion, COVID, and divorce all in a matter of like four months. So it really flipped everything I knew upside down. And instead of continuing down the path that I've always gone down, I decided to take the pause, question things, and really work on the internal work and understand who I was, what I liked, and what I wanted to do. And so up to that point, I was an automotive tech for 18 years. So all I knew was how to fix cars. And during my growth and really diving deep into that, you know, kind of like the Latin, the whole new world, (laughs) as you'd say, Um, really, really doing a lot of reading, podcasting. Um, I came across uh, Journeys Life Coaching, which is um, started by John Kim, which does a lot of a lot of work with with men and couples and stuff like that. So I signed up for it with no expectations of coaching, just to kind of better myself and, and really continue that that path and so midway through i i started really diving into it and 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 understanding it and wanting to do it and i actually got my first client before i even finished my certification Wow. wow so 
it's just kind of evolved and organically happened to to get me to this point now to where I'm helping men. I have, I'm a co-host on another podcast, which is another way to see it um, with two other life coaches. And, and it's just growing. I'm, I'm working on a, a program, a 12 week program to help men kind of navigate some things they're going, they're going through. And, and it, it's mainly around redesigning your internal blueprints. Mm. So what that is really is, is we were programmed as we were growing up to do certain things, to act a certain way. And it, it's really difficult for men because, you know, we're told to be tough and no emotions and don't cry and suck it up. And this is how it is, but that doesn't work anymore. That no longer works in today's society. Mm-hmm. So where I come in is, is we kind of dive deep and really, understand what's not working for that individual, whether it's in a relationship, work, finances, you know, whatever's not working for yourself. And, and we understand what it is and then how, how to change it. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really refreshing to hear, you know, from a man who's been through it and who's, Obviously, now you're helping other men, and it's so amazing. Um, but we obviously were two women, and we have a very female perspective over here. And we've been talking a lot recently uh, about um, about you know the female side of things and the way that men have treated women in the past and this patriarchal society that we're mm-hmm. hopefully like moving out of. And. Um, and I know that a lot of our listeners are married or have male partners and just struggle with feeling heard, struggle with feeling like they can connect on that emotional level. So um, I'm curious, what <laughs> can you give us a little like insight into how to maybe approach conversations with men in your life um, or start opening up to more of those connections? Or or is it something that the men have to want to do completely on their own? A hundred percent, the men have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. The people in men's lives can initiate it um, because what I, what I want to help change is I don't want a divorce to happen or a death to happen and then that wake up happens. Hmm. So if I can prevent it, you know, yeah. from catastrophic events happening to people wanting to wake up and wanting to have conversations, that's that's what excites me, not not the aftermath. Because mm-hmm. th- yeah. that's yeah. when it's it's messy and it's ugly. Because one of two things usually happens. Let's just, let's just talk about divorce. Mm-hmm. Um drinking drugs sex like that's that's how men cope with stuff like that so you can either go down that road or you can sit in the darkness and really start questioning and figuring out how to move forward in a different direction than repeating those patterns Mm. so men have men have to want to change and the way the way i describe it when, I, when I'm talking to women that want to help the men in their lives is we didn't know any better. We're just going off what we saw growing up and what we were taught to do. 
And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the patriarchy of, of the society we grew up in, because I'm actually finishing up a book called The Will to Change, mm -hmm. which talks about patriarchy and how men were versus how they should be now. And, you know, the movement that women have had to get equal rights, you know, and all the hard work that women have put in over the last, what, 60 years plus years, you know, y'all, y'all been able to evolve and grow. And during that men have been stuck. Mm -hmm. So now we're finally like, wait a minute, this doesn't work. How do I, how do I move forward? How do I grow? How do I change? You know, we felt so stuck and complacent for so long. And to circle back to, you know, communication is a lot of men struggle communicating because we don't know how. Hmm. Expressing feelings, we're either happy or we're angry. <laughs> you know, there, there's, you know, I'll never forget going through the, the, the coaching program. They had the wheel of, of emotions and feelings and it's like this huge wheel. And it starts out so vague as like happy, sad, angry, and all that. And then it branches off into more. I didn't know half of them. Uh, you, that's all you know is happy and happy and angry. Yeah. So finding that common ground to be able to hold the conversations, I, I do think the women in, our, in men's lives need to initiate it. Mm -hmm. But then it's up to the men to really embrace it and want to change and have those conversations and, and, and so forth. Mm. I feel like, and tell me what your thoughts are on this. I'd love your opinion on this. Um, I feel like men don't really, in my experience with men, they don't know how, or they don't feel safe to open up, especially to other men emotionally. And so Typically, it defaults to the women in their life, but the way that they express themselves and the way they express their emotions are very, very different than the way women express their emotions. And so I feel like there's a miscommunication happening a lot of the time where the level of intimacy or the feeling of being seen isn't happening on either parts because there's like a misconnect happening. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? You're a hundred percent nailing it on the head because women were and, and once again this is just my side of it my take of it um no phd or or letters behind my last name to to back all this up this is just my experiences and and what i see happening is is there is that you know the female is trying to express herself and the male wants to accept it but then feels like he's either being attacked or not heard. So then their wall goes up and then your wall goes up and then it just, it continues yeah. this wall. So it's literally like, in a sense, y'all are just like throwing messages at each other and they're just crossing the path and then never getting to the other side. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes a lot of work to figure out how to communicate with a partner, how to communicate with a friend, how to communicate with family, coworkers, because everybody's different. You can't treat, like I can have a conversation with you, Alexa, and you get it, no problem. I go to try to have the same conversation with Ambie, and she's like, yeah, I, I'm lost. We need to figure out how to, mm -hmm. how to make this, un make me understand this. So it really takes a lot of work um, to find out how 
you need to communicate with with the other person in your life. So it, there's there's no like I wish I had like the perfect formula, but it's different for everybody. Yeah. You know, like for me, and this dates back to to me as a child. I like to write letters. So as a kid, whenever I messed up or got grounded or you know did something I shouldn't have. I'd stay up at night because I couldn't sleep. And this this goes back to me being eight, nine. I I would write a letter to my mom and slide it under her door for me to express exactly what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to write letters. And up until 2020, I didn't like, con- uh, you know, um, conver- conversations, intimate conversations. Like, I didn't like to look people in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So Why? I avoided, I, in, I, I don't want to say it's an insecurity thing, but I, it was the uncomfortableness of it, right? Like, intimacy is uncomfortable. Yeah. And it doesn't even have, like, a lot of people associate intimacy with sex, but mm-hmm. I can have an intimate conversation with a friend. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't, I was never fully comfortable in engaging something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is that because of like you said the way that for example men are raised to like you're not supposed to share your emotions that makes you weak like what what do you think that is how does that come to be is oh it, it's hand sorry go ahead no no no, I was just repeating what I was saying. That's fine. No, it, it, it's hands down from our childhood. What we were, what we saw our 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 father figures, what we saw our friends. You know, what's so great about that book is I highly recommend men and women to read it because it's actually written by a, a feminist female that gives her take on it. Uh, Bell Hooks, she's amazing. But what's the um, book called again? The Will to Change. Men, masculinity, and love. It's 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 probably one of my favorite books I've read, but I've only been reading since really twenty twenty now. So, <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, no. So like, for example, me growing up, all the men in my life worked hard. They provided. Um, even though my parents divorced when I was six, um, I spent a lot of time with my mom's parents, and I he. My pop-up is what I call them. He built all the houses he's lived in since he was 18. He's the man's man. He was the white Hanes t-shirt with the blue contractor pants and boots. And on Sundays, he wore a flannel button-up. <laughs> like, he was the man's man in that era. And so that's what I saw. I never saw him cry. He did say, I love you. There were hugs, there were I love yous, um, but you either saw him happy or angry. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing with my father. There, there was no I love yous. I didn't get an I love you from my dad probably until I was 19. Yeah. Wow. And it never bothered me because that was the normal. Like my dad's side didn't show emotion. The hugs were awkward. You know, there were no I love yous. So I got kind of what saved me was my mom's side, having that 
you know, feminine love, that energy to, to help me. Mm-hmm. But being a guy, I'm like, nah, this is, this is what I need to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get I love you. I get that. Yeah, I'll give you a hug and a kiss. That's fine. But I can't show emotion. I can't express. I don't know how to express what's really going on. Like I got all these thoughts in my head, but I don't know how to express it. So I'm going to be angry because that's all mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. If I'm not happy, I'm angry. Yeah. And, and that's a big swing, but that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. And I get that. And I I see that. And I'm, I mean, I guess it's the question of how do we, like, what is the best way to initiate conversations like this with, like you said, the man has to be willing because it's his journey. Like you can't live it for him. can't decide it for him. But you know, as a partner, what is the best way to initiate a conversation like that, that is like non-threatening, non, you know, that is, that is as loving as possible? Because I feel like also women are very, you know, we get into our cycles as well of being very like critical and naggy and, you know, I mean, just we can get into those patterns as well. Um, so what is a way, I mean, I have this book right here, Nonviolent Communication is like a, a so important. And I'm just curious from your perspective, what is like the best way to communicate with men in a way that maybe they can hear it and that comes from a loving place? Yeah, I mean, there's never really a right time or perfect time. But I mean, obviously you want to make sure Um, there's not a lot of outside noise going on as far as like stress and stuff like that. Like you don't want to get home and know your, your partner got fired and then drop, Hey, our communication sucks. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like obviously there's a time and a place. So I would highly recommend to make sure it's almost like a neutral playing field, right? Like not a super high of happiness. We're on vacation and not mm-hmm. something just went wrong in our, our day-to-day. And, you know, these conversations aren't comfortable. You know, they're not. And, you know, vulnerability comes up talking about it. But a lot of men don't know what that is. Yeah. And so you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable of the conversation. So... For a, whim- for a woman to initiate that conversation, you know, I, I don't think it needs to be a slam. You know, say, hey, this is working. It's, it's kind of almost how like you talk to kids. You know, you want to build them up, critique them, and then build them back mm-hmm. up. You know, with keeping it simple and then allow that to sit and then you can continue further in depth. Like, you don't want to just dump it all on somebody and be like, all right, figure it out. Cool. I'm going to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it almost needs to be like a process because you can't expect a man to fully open up the first time you really want him to because mm-hmm. it's going to be rare that they actually know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it needs to be a super in-depth conversation, you know, just something simple like, hey, I notice, I notice when you come home frustrated with work, um, you're really short with me and the kids. Is there any way we can we can make that 
not be so stressful and and hurtful in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of let it marinate and be like, let's circle back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the biggest problem is is men don't know how to pause. Right? right. Like you come at me with something. All right, let's go. Yeah. yeah. It's just react time. Yeah. It, yeah. There, there's no, there's so much reaction instead of, instead of being responsive, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, what I see and what I work with a lot, especially with, with men that are in relationships, and this is even with work and family relationships is, is you don't have to respond right away. You can take that pause. You can digest it. You know, not saying sweep it under the rug, but be like, hey, I need to process this. Can we circle back to it later on? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's that's how arguments escalate. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it, it's like I always I always think about like cafeterias, kids, like everybody gets in, they get their food. And then like this group starts talking over that group. And then if you can like hear the volume go up <laughs> and that, that's how arguments are. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest struggle I see is in relationships is is the other person's trying to get that person to not only see their side, but to pick that side mm. instead of having that curiosity and that respect for someone to have their views and that'd be okay. Not ev- we don't have to share everything together. If you want to think the sky's purple, think the sky's purple. That's fine. I think it's blue. Teach their own. <laughs> yeah, that's been a really big theme actually in my husband and I's relationship. Is like because um, I had my spiritual awakening right in the. We've been together eight years, and I had my spiritual awakening about four years ago. And before that, it was not. And he's very. He's a science guy. He loves science. He's very logic based. He loves math and fa- like. Facts, like facts. Ones and zeros. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's very, very smart. And so when when I first became, you know, spiritual, it was a shock to me, first of all. And then it was a shock to him of like, wait, <laughs> hold on a second. Because I I suddenly believed in all of this stuff that I couldn't see and I couldn't prove. And I just, you know, and it, it took a while. Like it took a while for us to um, learn how to navigate that. But now it's like, it's it's because I think I was the one who was like, how could this possibly work? If you don't 100 percent believe me and everything that I believe, then how you know, how is this going to work out? And it ended up it it has ended up becoming a huge and very beautiful lesson in how like you can have completely different views from someone and respect them and value the other person's views and value your own views and actually learn something from time to time and be like, hmm, maybe, OK, maybe my views are changing. I'm not sure. But there's never a pressure to change the other view, it's just a space of um, letting the other person be where they are, you know? Mm-hmm. And before that, I don't ever think I believed that was possible in a relationship where you're like really close with someone, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but, but there was probably a lot of heated conversations and a lot of arguments and a lot of battles to get to where you're at now though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, you know? I thought I had to convince him to come to my side. I had to convince, I've always been very like fiery and I always thought I had, yes, totally. There was arguments, there was misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. there was projections, all kinds of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Sure, it was a process. Yeah, and the only reason I I like bringing that up because, you know, social media likes to portray perfect 
relationships. Yeah. And, no, no. and, and nothing, nothing is perfect. <laughs> and it's a lot of work, you Absolutely. know, people that look super happy on social media. And I, I was that, I was that person, me and my ex, um, everybody was blown away when, when things came out to light of, of why we're divorcing and, and all that. And it's everybody like, Oh man, y'all were the perfect couple. Y'all, you know, had all the vehicles you wanted. You had nice houses. You were redoing houses. Like, yeah, on social media, it looked great. But where, like, so owning, like, my big thing is men need to own their shit, right? Like, we need to own our shir- shortcomings and and understand that things don't work. For me, I was emotionally unavailable. I, I got so consumed in work. I was, I was the shop foreman at a shop. I worked anywhere from 10 to 14-hour days, would come home, would either work on remodeling the house, or I had a carpentry side business of building stuff. So next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock, and I haven't eaten dinner yet. Mm-hmm. So like, men like to run yeah. from the uncomfortable issues that they need to face, whether it's with work, drinking, drugs, you know, sports, watching a ton of sports. Video games. Porn, porn video games, yeah. So, you know, we don't like to face things because we don't know how to face them. We, we weren't given the tools to navigate those things. So that brings up an interesting topic because I'd like to talk about that. So for people out there that are raising little boys, how can we help little boys identify feelings more and and really kind of change this pattern that we've seen in our society because we don't have control over what their friends will say. Mm-hmm. We don't have control over the interactions they'll have in school or, you know, when they start work or whatever the case may be. But we do have um, some interactions at home. So what's some advice that you either wish someone said to you as a little boy or that you would tell someone with small children? Man, that, that inner child work. That's a... Uh, yeah. Ugh. It's a bitch, right? For me, for, <laughs> oh, it is. I've, I, I started doing some breath work around it. Um, and I, I got a few more sessions to go through, but, um, for me, it was, it was just being accepted and what that looks like. Um, and especially nowadays, like I want to, I'll circle back to the answer, but like today's society is they have all the answers at their fingertips with the internet and all that. Like we didn't have that growing up. You know, we just went by what we saw in our day to day. And where I'm going with that is, is I met a guy that was 26 and we became friends and we would have some in-depth conversations. Like we would just go on hikes just to talk. And like, I know it sounds weird for those men out there that are like, wait, you just met up with a guy and went on a hike. Like, yeah, like I met him through a nursery where I was getting my trees that I was doing bonsai with and, and we hit it off, but mm-hmm. he was 26 and the, the knowledge he had and the, the awareness he had, I wish I had at 26. Yeah. I hear that. You know, and, and to date back even to the younger kids, the kids that are teenagers now, 10, 12, 16, it's so much different than what we had growing up. There, there's so many more, choices 
you can be literally anyone that you feel like you need to be and want to be. And so there needs to be that safe space, that safe container mm-hmm. to where if, if you have a child, like in this book, it talks about it as, as a boy, um, they didn't give his exact name and his middle name was a little bit more feminine. Well, he wanted to be called by that middle name. Mm-hmm. So at school, so his parents were supportive at school. He got a little backlash, of course, um, kids will be kids. And then a couple of weeks later, he wanted to paint his nails and his parents supported it. Mm-hmm. Now, not like, you know, to circle back to the answer here is you can only control what we, you can control in your environment, right? So which realistically is your house. You know, what happens outside of that with school, friends, houses and all that. But I really think it's creating that open communication with your kids, whether they fully understand or not. But to ask them, like, I don't remember my parents asking me, and and they could have, but like my childhood was a little rough. So like, I don't remember many memories before 10. Yeah. I, I, I had a temper. I was a hellion. I, I did. I was the black sheep in my family through and through. And I never like I did therapy and all that. And I, I don't ever remember getting asked. Why are you acting out? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, having those conversations with kids, like whether they fully understand the situation, but you're still creating that communication. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it has a lot to do with with the kids feeling safe that they can talk to you about anything. And I had this one good friend growing up in high school that like, he was open with his parents. He's like, Hey, we drink. And so that was the house that we could go drink at. As mm-hmm. long as we stayed there, stayed the night, didn't do anything crazy. We could drink at that house. His parents were okay with it. If I tried to do that with my parents. <laughs> boy, it <laughs> would never have happened. So he had such a good communication with his mom and he felt safe. Like, like, I mean, we can talk about it. The, the awkward moment, our parents found out we were having sex as teenagers. Yeah. Right? Like, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. My friend's mom bought him condoms to have sex the first time. Yeah. It's very, it's very similar to I studied abroad in Amsterdam and they have like in Amsterdam, they have the lowest rate of teen pregnancy, the lowest rate of depression, the lowest rate of all of these things that like are so high statistics in America, literally because their culture is like, have sex in our house, please drink everything you're talking about. But having the conversation early and being like, yes, please do it here. Please do it here. Mm-hmm. Don't go out because when you don't feel safe, like you're talking about, you, you're you forced to go do things in dangerous situations and high risk mm-hmm. situations, secretive. Yeah. So I 100% agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Randy. Go ahead. No. Nope. No, go ahead, Randy. I was just going to say, like, when children feel safe and they can express themselves, it, it, it usually doesn't turn into some of the bad situations we've had in the past with school mm-hmm. shootings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because once again, they were, they were not getting something that they needed. So they felt the only way out was to do something like that. Yeah. You know, it's like little kids, like we poke the bear because we want that attention, whether it's 
someone to talk, someone to love, someone to, to hold us. Mm-hmm. And it's not the kid's responsibility because they don't know. It's the parents. Yeah. Or suicide. Suicide is mm-hmm. especially um, especially among trans kids and LGBTQ plus kids. So it's their suicide rate is almost 50% if they don't have a supportive household. Um, so I love the idea of just supporting your children and letting them know like that everything's going to be okay. Because I feel like when you are a child, one, if you don't have that, that safety, you don't know if tomorrow is going to be okay. You truly don't know how tomorrow is going to look. And then I can't imagine. I think the benefit of women is that we have other women to communicate with. Like I could not imagine going through what I'm going through without being able to talk to Alexa or without being able to talk to Catherine. And I feel like sometimes most men that I know don't have that. Most men that I know don't have that open communication with guy friends. I think, I think Jad is, one of the first men that I've ever met that has that. Mm. What, the guy friends? Yeah, the guy friends and like the open communication and the dialogue. Like, I can't recall, like, you know, I've known a lot of guys and they've had guy friends, but they talk about very superficial things. They talk about sports or they talk about video games. They talk about what they're going to do. And they don't talk about like, I'm really sad or, um, I'm going through this really hard thing right now and I need support, you know? And I think that that's, that's heartbreaking. It's really sad to see that. And you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, it's happening more now, like that movement, that shift of men really starting to question it and saying, Hey, this isn't working. I want to change. That's happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, you know, at a, a super fast speed, but it, it is happening. And I was the same way. It was all surface level subjects, like you Mm -hmm. said, sports. Um, And it wasn't like I had, I've always had good close guy friends that I could say I could talk to about anything. And I have, but it was only when going through something. Right. Right. Like, so now, and, and I love telling this story because working in an automotive shop, it was like 98% men, especially in the shop and in parts. And when I started going down, you know, my new path in this journey, I really started expressing myself with more men. Mm-hmm. And like three of my really good friends worked at the shop anyway. So it was already, I had good friends there anyways, but like I started giving hugs, morning hugs to the guys. And there was probably like seven of us that I would do to every morning or when someone was having a bad day. And, you know, there were those guys that were like, man, that's gay. Like, why are you doing that? And it's just like, what, I can't show appreciation by a hug. I can't show, like, I can't love a guy that I'm friends with by giving him a hug. Like it, it jumps to that stereotype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to see how it, how it kept growing. And there was this one kid in parts. He was a younger kid. He was probably 19, 20 hated it. And I, you know, I'd still give him a hug and he'd be like, Oh, you know, and then finally he'd start giving a hug back. And one morning I was just, I was getting my butt kicked on a car. 
um, couldn't figure it out. You know, it was just frustrated. And I wasn't taking it out on anybody. I was just in my corner, really quiet. And he walks by and he's like, puts his arms out and, and gives me a hug. And like, I got, a, I got choked up right there in the shop. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I really, and it turns your day around. Yeah. Like I really needed that. And it just goes to show how, how we don't do that as men. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I just wanted someone to see that I was having a tough, tough time. Yeah. And that's, that's when women say, I don't feel seen. That's what we're talking about. When you're having a hard time or you're struggling with something and you feel alone in a crowded room, you know, and, and perhaps it's this idea that like, maybe we, maybe men see it, right. But they don't know how to react because they want to fix it, but they don't know how to fix it. No. I, I have been, <laughs> I have cried in front of many men and it's almost comical to watch them get visibly uncomfortable because they don't know how, like, oh shit, she broke. Oh God, what do we do? How do we oh, fix do, this? Do I get tissues? Do I get chocolate? What do I do? <laughs> right, like, do, what, yeah. do like pat on the back? Are you okay? And that's, that was more so in high school and when I was younger, but yeah, it is this interesting idea that uh, physical contact is reserved only for certain times. It's not reserved for friends. And that's really sad because there's a lot of hugs actually lower your blood pressure. They lower your stress level. They make you live longer. So physical, oxytocin. Yeah. The physical contact does so much good for your body and your health. So no. And, and you brought up a good point, Amby, is, is a lot of a lot of times when women are upset, you're right, men don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not passing the blame on anything, but nobody's a mind reader in those situations, right? <laughs> Except for Amby. I was joking. I was kidding. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I'm going right. to let you have that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, so in my past relationships – um, especially in my expired marriage was I would ask if she was doing okay. And mm-hmm. it, it was so surface level that I'm okay. I'm fine. Well, no, I know something's wrong. So you ask again and then, then it becomes annoying on the person that doesn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. So then they shut down and then they get defensive. Right. So that that's hard to navigate, but that's not always the case. Right. So like, let's say this example of, you just had a shit show day and mm-hmm. you just want you realistically, you just want to be hugged, right? You just want to be held. You want to, you want to be seen and heard in that moment. And you just want to be cuddled mm-hmm. for, for your partner or for anybody else. It's like, they're, they're, they're waiting to be told what you need. Yeah. But we, we have that hard time of saying what we need. Right. Mm-hmm. Both, both women and men. Right. Because, you know, we can go into this situation and the conversation around like why we lie. Right. It's because we're, we're afraid of judgment. Right. So like in that example of like, you just want to be held. That person might think you just want to be left alone and sit in it by yourself. Like we're, the other person's not a mind reader. So like, that's something I really push is like, tell that person what you need. Mm-hmm. And like, I've even started to do that. Um, 
in my friendship conversations. Like they're like, Hey man, I need to vent to you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Give it to me. And they'll vent. I'm like, all right, man, what do you need from me? Do you want, do you need me to just listen? Do you want, you need some advice? Like, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And then you get that clarity and then that conversation can continue. Yeah. And it gets past the surface level because everything we see on the surface we know there's depth to it. You know, the glaciers, you know, there's always that picture of like, oh, this cute little glacier. And then it's like massive under the water. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how it is. That's how we're, that's how we are as a society yeah. is we just show the surface level. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like communication is really the, key. I mean, that's what we said today's episode is about, obviously, right? It's all about communication. It's all about how do we communicate with one another. And I think what you said right there is just such a good, is such an important piece about like giving each, it's almost like giving each other the, um, the what do you call it? Like the cheat codes to communicate with me or like to support me, right? In a way that isn't condescending. And that's where it can become mm-hmm. so tricky. It's like it's like you're dismantling a bomb when you're like having these conversations because it's like, okay, I want to give you the code and I also want you to, I don't want to come off condescending, but like this is what I need right now, right? Or I don't mm-hmm. want to trigger you, but this is what I need right now. So yeah, I feel like that is hugely, hugely important. And I think this whole conversation has just been so, it's been really, really beautiful to hear from another man, you know, really beautiful to hear. And someone who works with men and uh, – do you work with couples or just um, men? I, I try not to right now. I'm <laughs> not opposed to You just focus on the, man's, the man side. Yeah, I mean that's more yeah. that I relate with. Um, yeah. I've, had, I've had women clients for a few sessions, but um, I just feel like I can, I can give more to, to a man – yeah, that's your um, niche. Yeah. Yeah. So stay with it. But stay um, with it. yeah, no, no, I am. I am. <laughs> but but talking to women to get those men to open up is what I also like doing. That's you know getting on your podcast, you guys' podcast. Your main focus is women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know your clients, your listeners, and all that. So I like talking to women about the struggles that men have because it also gives y'all some insight and in how to navigate stuff. And I, I like that you talk about cheat codes and, and this is something I'm a firm believer on is, is the cheat code to communication is curiosity. Mm, I love that. You know, you got to get curious about what the other person is thinking, what the other person wants, like without the judgment, mm-hmm. you know, because we're so easy to judge because it's something that once again, just cause I like blue, I'm not going to try to make y'all like the color blue. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like purple, if you like green, orange, whatever it may be good for you. I'm happy for you that you like that color. Yeah. I don't have any judgment because it makes you happy. It's- you know, it's the, it's the curiosity that, that we need to bring back yeah. to allow those, those communication skills to grow. 
It's like mm-hmm. going back to the dating phase. That's how it was when you first started dating. You're curious. You're not judgmental. You're like, oh, tell me more about that. Or, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You want, you, you're trying to evoke information out of the person because you're genuinely interested in them. As you get into relationship, I feel like you, all of that curiosity, like you're, like you're saying, it mm-hmm. kind of goes out the window and you forget. You forget how to, how to be curious about your partner again. You think you know, that's the other thing. You think you know your partner so much. You think you know them. And you might know quite a bit about them. But I feel like the second that you think you know everything about your partner and you don't need to be curious anymore, that's where it starts to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And it, it, it dates back to our childhood. Like, look look to where when we were kids and we were drawing and coloring, it was whatever we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to look pretty. It didn't have to make sense. And then all of a sudden we started going to school and we got a color in the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like our curiosity is, is, is ended right then and there. Yeah. Yep. Totally. So it, it, it dates back to those blueprints, you know, that I like talking about and what I really focus on is the blueprints we were taught and given as kids. We don't have to hold on to those now as, as grownups. Mm. Yeah. You know, that doesn't apply. It doesn't work for me. So why do I have to hold on to it? Oh, because I was told to, because I'm told to be a man and I, and I can't express myself and I have yeah. to keep that bottled up until I do snap, mm-hmm. till I, mm-hmm. till I have bad road rage and I cause an accident, till I punch a hole in the wall, mm-hmm. till, to, to even worse, to, to violence, mm-hmm. domestic, outside, shooting, whatever. Yeah. Like, why are we going to continue that? How raise your hand and say, it doesn't work for me. That's all you got to do. I love that. How can people work with you? Um, if they want to work with you, whether they're listening, Ricardo's on the live and there's one of our male audience members. Um, love you, Ricardo. <laughs> whether it's some, somebody who's listening or it's maybe it's uh, somebody who's listening who maybe their partner is going to something or could need support. How can they work with you? How can they reach out to you? How can they contact you? Um, social media is obviously the easiest. I'm sure you'll drop in everything in the show notes. Um, it's Randy Poindexter on Facebook. It's the Randy Lee on uh, Instagram. And then I have a website called, um, redesign your internal blueprints.com that you can, you can set up a connection call or, or email me through there as well. I love it. Redesign your internal blueprints.com. Perfect. So everyone, we are going to put Randy's information in the show notes if you're listening to this on the audio version. Um, And if you're on the Facebook version, just listen to what he just said and go there. Um, (laughs) But but Randy, thank you so much for being here and just for sharing and being so present and open-hearted. It's been so refreshing and, and nice. And is there anything else that you feel called to share before we wrap up? Just that, that, you know, for the women out there that, that give us a little grace period to really work on ourselves and make the change. Um, because kind of like what you went through, Alexa, is, is you went through that a spiritual awakening and he didn't go through that mm-hmm. or he's already gone through it or whatever it looks like. There needs to be that period of like, okay, we got we to gotta start over in a sense. Because who we were in the past isn't who we are now. So it's easy to just pass the blame and say, oh, you're not willing to 
to try or change. But I think it's 12 weeks that really takes something to change, six weeks to, to learn it and six weeks to, to implement it. Mm. Don't quote me on that, but I think that sounds about right. And so sounds good. It, yeah. it, it, we're going to roll with it. So it doesn't <laughs> happen overnight, especially big changes you know, redesigning the internal blueprints for change is not easy. So for the women, just just bear with us. And as long as we're moving forward, mm-hmm. encourage us, let us know that we're, that you're seeing the change and the improvements. And then for the men, it's just, you're not alone. I know raising that hand or, or the waving the white flag is, is scary. But after that, it's smooth sailing ish. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank you so much, Randy, for being here, for sharing. Everyone on Facebook said, thank you so much. Carista said, um, love this combo today. Thank you, Randy. Ricardo said, I think Randy's work is really important and holds immense redemption potential for so many people. So thank you so much. And, thank you. And for everyone on Facebook and everybody who's listening, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. And until next time, keep on blooming. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Podcast.